Amen. The subtitle of today's message is A Knowing. Somebody say, A Knowing. Here in Mark chapter 5, verse 21, once again, it says, When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, it says, Much people, somebody say, Much people. Much people were gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And he said, Behold. Once again, when you see the word behold, it means look. It also means see it in your imagination. In other words, when you read in the Bible, you got to see the Bible. See yourself watching the stuff take place before your eyes. Come on, say amen, somebody. He said, Behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, talking about when he saw Jesus, he did what? He fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of what? Death. He said, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be what? Healed, and she shall live. And then it says, and Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thrown him. But it says, I pointed out in verse 24, it says, much people. In other words, all these people followed him. There was a mob of people thronging him. But look at this, because why? He only went home with one. Are you listening to me out there? Another thing you need to know about Jairus, Jairus was a leader of the synagogue. He was a very, very prominent, he had, he had a very, very prominent place in the community. And what he did when he bowed before Jesus, he took his future and his place in the synagogue in his own hands when he fell on his face in front of Jesus. Why? He didn't know whether or not he's going to be the ruler of synagogue anymore after that. And he could have easily lost his position. Because why? Ruler of synagogue did not bow before anybody. Amen. Amen. But look at this again because it says here, when he threw himself at Jesus' feet, he spoke his faith. He said, my daughter lieth at the what? Point of death. Now, he's laying on the ground when he's saying this. At Jesus' feet. He says, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be what? Healed, and she shall what? Live. What's he doing? He's speaking his faith. And it says in verse 24, and Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Then in verse 25, it says, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, how many years? Twelve years, and had suffered many things and many positions, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. But it says, when she heard of Jesus, came in a press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may what? Touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that what? Virtue or power were going out of him. Turned him about in the press. And said what? Who touched my clothes? Once again we looked at this and we found out. The faith of Jairus. Moved him to go with him. But the faith of this woman stopped him. Let me say it again. The faith of Jairus moved him to go home with him. But the faith of this woman what? Stopped him. See, one man's faith put him on the road. And the woman's faith stopped him right where he was. Are you listening to me out here? Because what? Think about this. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. 
At this point of time, guess what? God didn't tell Jesus to stop and heal this woman. God told told Jesus to go with Jairus and heal his daughter. But this woman, Faith, spoke up and said, I need you right now. Come on, say amen, somebody. But something else we pointed out, neither one of these miracles occurred just off the cuff, folks. Jairus spent time with this. He spent enough time with it until he expected the outcome to be in his favor, just like he said. My daughter shall be what? Healed or whole. In other words, he spent enough time with it until he expected the outcome to come out in his favor, just like he what? Said. This woman was the same way. She obviously spent enough time with what she heard about Jesus. She spent time with what she heard about what he was preaching. She spent enough time with this to the point in her mind she was taking her life in her own hands. Why? Just to be out there in public with that issue of blood. Because why? She was considered unclean. She was a Jewish woman. She knew the rules and she knew the laws. As an unclean person, she was not supposed to be out in public. And she could have she got stoned to death. But look at this. She doesn't have Jairus on her mind. Even though she knew he was the ruler of the synagogue, he had the authority to what? To have her stoned. But she wasn't thinking about Jairus. Come on. Why? Because in her heart and her mind, she knew something. She had to know something. To put herself in that position, she had to know. Somebody says she had to know. And that's the reason in Mark 5, 25, it says, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done in her, came and did what? Mark 5, 33, came and did what? Fell down before him and told him what? All the truth. See, she was afraid because why? Because she didn't want anyone to know. She intended on sneaking out there as best she could and touched the hem of his garment. Get out of there without anybody knowing that she was there. But guess what? It didn't work out that way. Come on, say amen, somebody. But listen, it's not. Both of them put everything on the line. And both of them got results. And the point is this. The way you expect things to turn out is the way they're going to turn out. Let me say it again. The way you expect things to turn out is the way they are going to turn out. Because why? The way you expect is the way you're going to be saying. Let me say it again. The way you expect is the way you're going to be saying. And the reason you expect it is that way. Because why? That's what you believe. That's the way you believe. But understand this, the word can change and will change your expectation. It will change your expectancy. Somebody say the word will change my expectancy. So you have to get into the word. You got to get into the word of God and stay there until you, till your expectancy changes. And you stay there until you come to that knowing place. I'm talking about that place of knowing. Somebody say knowing. 
But let's go back to the one with the issue of blood. Okay, I want you to look at this closely. Look at verse 25 again. Once again, it says that a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things in many positions, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard, had heard of Jesus, came in the press and touched his what? Garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be what? Whole. Notice she didn't say, well, if I just touch his clothes, I might get healed. No. This woman was convinced. Somebody said she was convinced. She was expecting. She was what? Expecting to get healed. And it says, and straightway, the fountain of her blood, what? Was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of that plague. But notice the order here. Notice the order. It says, and straightway to what? The fountain of her blood was what? Dried up. And she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of that plague. Let me say it again. And straightway the fountain of her blood what? Was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of that plague. Listen. She didn't feel that she was healed of that plague first. And then she believed it. Let me say it again. She didn't feel that she was healed of that plague first. And then she believed it. It says in verse 28, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be what? I shall be what? And then straightway, the fountain of her blood what? Was dried up and she what? Felt in her body that she was what? Healed of that plague. See, there's a lot of people that say, I want to feel it in my body first. Then I'll say it. Let me say it again. There are a lot of people says, I want to feel it first. Then I'll say it. No, she said it when she was in bad shape. She said it when she seemed, when it seemed like all hope was gone. She said it when she was feeling that her words. She believed it in her heart. Then she said it with her mouth and then she acted on it. Somebody say she acted on it. Now let's look at the rest of this. Look at verse 31. And the disciples said, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, what? Fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him, What? All the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy what? Faith. Thy what? Faith. Thy faith has what? Made thee whole. Go in peace and be what? Hold up that play. He said, your faith made you whole. He didn't say my anointing. He said, your faith made you whole. Well, turn me once again to Luke chapter 4, verse 16. He said, your what? Faith has made you whole. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And it reads, he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the what? Synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, 
He specifically went to the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. In verse 18, he says, and the spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. Because he is what? He has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach what? Deliverance to the captive, and recovering of what? Sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach. The what? The acceptable year of the Lord, or supernatural debt cancellation. Somebody say, I'll take that. Notice he didn't say God sent me. Now, when we read the scripture, we think he's saying he has anointed me. He has anointed me to deliver the captive. We say he has anointed me to heal the blind. He has anointed me to set at liberty them that are bruised. He has anointed me to prosper the poor. And that's not what he said here. And that's not what he was sent to do. Are you listening to me out here? It says he was anointed. Listen to read it now. It says he was anointed to preach. Ain't that what it says? He was anointed to what? To preach. Come on, say to preach. He was anointed to preach. Well, why? Why did Jesus do more teaching than anything else? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? By the word of God. Somebody say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, teaching gets you to the point of believing. And believing leads to knowing and knowing leads to expectation. Let me say that again. Teaching gets you to the point of believing, and believing leads to knowing, and knowing leads to what? Expectation. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 36. That's why my job is to teach you. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. My wife calls herself a preacher, but lately she's been doing more teaching than preaching. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? <laughs> but I'm a what? Teacher. Because faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Look at Acts 10.36 where Peter says, the word, somebody say the word. Come on, say the word again. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel. What he sent to them? What did he send to them? He sent them the what? The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by who? By who? Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. It says the word which God sent unto the children of Israel. How did he send it? He sent Jesus just to preach it. Let me say it again. He sent what? Jesus just to what? Preach it. Then verse 37 says, that word. I say, you know, which was published throughout all of Judea. And begin where? From Galilee 
after the baptism, which John what? Preached. Now, this message, it's just, listen, this is the same text he read in Luke 4, 18. The message is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the what? With the Holy Ghost, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus with, with Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power who went about what? Doing good and doing what? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And once again, sickness and disease and all human suffering is satanic oppression. Let me say it again. Sickness and disease and all human suffering is satanic oppression. It didn't exist until Adam committed high treason. And Satan became the god of this world system. It didn't exist before then. Now, Jesus preached this message. He preached this message. How he was anointed what? To preach the gospel. He took the text and he preached it everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he preached this same message. Now, if you read the Bible, at Capernaum, they received it. And great and mighty things took place. But we also read in Nazareth, they did not receive it. And the Bible says he could do no mighty work there because of their what? Because of their doubt and unbelief. See, one received it, believed it, came to that place of knowing, and in, in, in what? And in expectation, acted on it. Let me say it again. One received it, Capernaum. They received it, they believed it, came to that place of knowing, and in expectation acted on it, while the other didn't receive it, therefore didn't believe it, and he could, he could do no mighty work there. Are you listening to me out here? If you don't believe, you'll never come to the place of knowing. Let me say it again. If you don't believe, you'll never come to the place of knowing. Therefore, there will be no expectation. Let me say that one more time. If you don't believe, you'll never come to the place of knowing. Therefore, there will be what? No expectation. And you'll leave out of here the same way you came in. Are you following me out here? It all starts with you receiving what you hear. Let me say it again. It all starts with what? You receiving what you hear. A lot of people go to church all over the world. But like I stated last time, some people, the word's going forth and they're on the phone. Looking at the Facebook page. Come on. Tweeting somebody. Instagramming somebody. Come on, say amen, somebody. While the word is going forth. So guess what? They're not receiving anything. Therefore, they have nothing to believe. Therefore, they'll never come to a knowing. Therefore, they'll never come to an expectation to act on what they hear. So they'll leave out of here the same way they came in. And all they did was went to church. They fulfilled their church duty. I can go home and say, I went to church. Didn't get anything, but I went to church. Oh, I'm preaching good in here, whether you like it or not. But it all starts with you what? Receiving what you hear. Come on, are you ready to receive this morning? 
Are you receiving this morning? Look at Acts 3.12. Acts chapter 3, verse 12. Now, this is right after the man at the gate, beautiful, was healed. And it says, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people. He said, you men of what? Israel. Why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to what? Walk. Then he tells them what healed this man. In verse 16, he said, and his name. Through what? Through what? Through what? Through what? Through faith. And his name has made this man what? Strong whom you see and know. Yeah, the faith which is by him has given him what? This perfect soundness in the presence of y'all. It was by what? Faith. By what? By what? Faith. So what is the process? We talked about this last Sunday. The process is, see, we know it was the anointing that healed that woman. It was the anointing that healed Jairus' daughter. But see, the anointing needs a receiver. Let me say it again. The anointing needs a receiver, and your faith is the receiver. The receiver is faith. No faith, you can't receive anything. Even though the anointing is present, if you have no faith, you cannot connect to it. So the anointing needs a receiver, and the receiver is what? What? See, faith in the word that changes your expectancy of how things are going to turn out. Let me say it again. Faith in the word. That changes your expectancy of how things are going to turn out. Let me say it again. Faith in the word that changes your what? Changes how things are going to what? Going to turn out. Come on. And you need to stay in the word until your expectancy changes. Let me say it again. You need to what? Stay in the word until you're what? expectancy changes and that's where people miss it because they don't stay in the word long enough to change their expectation so guess what when they're sick in body there's no expectancy because they didn't stay there long enough because why I said the word for five days and nothing happened so guess what Because they didn't stay there long enough, they didn't have an expectation. Therefore, now they're blaming God for what they didn't do. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. You're going to have to spend some time, not only in the promises of God, but you got to spend some time in Bible facts. Come on. That's not a promise of healing. That's a fact of healing. Let me say say it again. That's not a promise of healing. That's a fact of healing. In other words, I believe that. Come on, say, I believe that. But I don't just believe that. I know that. See, I got to go from believing to knowing. I got to go from believing to knowing. Knowing, I believe that, but I know that. Somebody say, I know it's coming. 
And we talked about Oral Roberts. Anybody, anybody familiar with Oral Roberts? Oral Roberts would say, it won't come to the strength to come to pass if you haven't spent some time. And say it again. It won't come to the strength to come to pass if you haven't spent some time. He said, you inquire of God. That's what he used to do all the time, if you read any of his books. If you, he said, you inquire of God, then you sow a financial seed. He said, you sow something that's significant towards the fulfillment of what you are believing. Are you with me out here? He said, when you do that, there will come a moment where faith erupts. And when it does, everything changes. And he said, when that moment comes, you'll know it. Why? What happened? Your expectancy changed. Tell your neighbor, your expectancy changed. And that has happened to me many times. Where I was struggling with trying to figure out something out, figure something out. And then all of a sudden, that's it. Somebody say, that's it. Matter of fact, that happened to me and Minister Walker and I. When the Lord started talking to us about coming here to St. Thomas. There was a knowing on the inside of both of us that our time in Detroit was over. But at the time, we didn't know what to do. Then the Lord started telling us to start getting rid of, get, getting rid of everything. So we started just giving away everything in the house. We weren't selling it. We were sowing it. We didn't have a yard sale. Or garage sale. We started sowing everything we had into people's lives. We gave everything away because why? There was a knowing that we were about to get up out of Detroit. We knew the Lord had already dealt with us about coming to St. Thomas, but we didn't know when. Are you listening to me out here? But as soon as we got rid of everything because of that knowing... We received a call that week saying that we were flying out that Monday. You hear what I said? But because of that knowing, we were already prepared to go and do what God has called us to do. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we were willing to do whatever and go wherever and whenever the Lord wanted us to go. But at the time, sometimes it seemed like miles away. Come on. But we stayed in prayer. And we stayed in the word. And we were seed sowers. We made sure we was at early morning prayer every morning. Before we got to St. Thomas. We never missed a service. We never missed a service Sunday or Wednesday. When the doors opened up, we were right there. And I worked maintenance for the church. If I had to work on that Sunday, I would sneak in, get a little word, come back out. But I made sure I got the cassette tapes at that time. Some of them probably say, what's a cassette tape? (laughs) 
<laughs> like my daughter, we, were, we went home one day, and she's seen an album. Big album. She said, boy, this is a big CD. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. But we listened to the, I made sure I listened to the word before the next Sunday came. I didn't have a box of tapes that I didn't listen to. Okay, y'all don't want to hear it. I'm going to say it anyway. I don't care. Why? Because my heart was I never wanted to miss the word. It was that important to me. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we sowed seed. We were tithers. We gave, offer- God, we gave offerings every opportunity that we had. Matter of fact, me and my wife used to fast one day a week. We fast one day a week. And the money we would have normally used to eat with, we would put it in an envelope. And when it got to a certain amount, we would ask God, who do you want us to bless? Listen to me out here. And every time the Lord revealed to us who that person was, they would say this, they would say, this is the exact money I needed and I was asking the Lord for every time. See, all of that brought us to that place of knowing. Why? Because we were full of the word of God. We were full of prayer and we were sowers. And listen to this, because we were both in the word. We were both in prayer. I never sent my wife to church. I never sent my wife to prayer to pray for me. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Come on. We were both in agreement when it came to sowing. And because of that, that knowing came to both of us at the same time. Come on, are you with me out here? We both knew our time was really short. And we both agreed to start getting rid of everything in preparation and what the Lord had in store for us. And here we are. Let me say again. And here we are. And we got on that plane with no reservation. Why? Because we had a knowing. Somebody said we had a knowing. See, our expectation and how everything was going to turn out changed because of what? Because of the word, because of prayer, and because of our sowing, folks. Somebody say word, word. prayer, and sowing. Matter of fact, look at Luke 24, 49. Throughout the scriptures, you read about suddenlies. Somebody say suddenlies. And Luke 24, 49, it says, And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry you where? In the city of Jerusalem, until you be what? Endued with power from what? On high. What happened? They received the word from the Lord. 
And I'm pretty sure they, they spent time in that word. Somebody say time in that word. Meditating on what Jesus told them to do. And that meditation brought them to believing. And then they knowing that what Jesus said was going to come to pass. Then a position of expectation. Because why? They began to act on the word and they headed towards Jerusalem. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 1. Come on, are you with me? Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And it said, The former rot, treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to both to do and to what? Teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he threw the what? Through the Holy Ghost had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had what? Chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive. Somebody say he's alive. After his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them how many days? Forty days after his death, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they what? Should not depart from Jerusalem, but do what? Wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, which saith he, you have heard of me. When he speak those words in Luke 24, 49, didn't we just read it? He said, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be what? You should be what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. See, they spent time with the word they received from the Lord, amen, that he received through the Holy Ghost, and they believed it. They had a knowing that led them to an expectation that something was about to break loose. But notice what they were doing. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, These all continued these all continue with what? with one accord in what? in what? in what? prayer and supplication with the women it wasn't all women praying And all the brothers say, I, 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 some, of, some of y'all brothers move your lips. All our brothers say, <laughs> come on, it says, these all continue one accord and supplication with the women. These were men and women. A lot of times the men lead their women to pray, and that's not the way God designed this thing. He's more focused on the men than the women. All I'm getting an amen from the women. I ain't getting no amen from the brothers out there. And then it says, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with the brethren. Now, we know from previous study that the prayer of supplication is you praying the word concerning what, you're in, what you are in expectation of. Let me say it again. We know the prayer of supplication is you praying the word concerning what you are what? In expectation of. They were in what? Prayer and what? Supplication. And they were in one accord. They were all praying the same thing. They all had the same knowing. Therefore, they all had the same 
expectation that what? That the glory was about to show up. That what? That a heavenly outpouring was about to pour out. They all had the same expectation. Then Acts verse 15, back to 1 verse 15, it says, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about what? A hundred and twenty. There were a hundred and twenty people with a knowing and an expectation, including any Catholics in here, Mary. <laughs> I pointed that out to a guy one day because I went to minister to him. And the subject came up about being filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence speaking other tongues. He was a, he was a devout Catholic. And I showed him the scripture. I showed him, I said, hey, Mary's in, Mary was in that upper room, you know. <laughs> and Mary spoke in tongues. <laughs> when he heard that, he said, well, true, you know. <laughs> and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, are you listening to me out here? Amen. But there was 120 people with a knowing and an expectation. And look at verse chapter 2, verse 1. And the Lord met them at their expectation. Because in Acts 2, 1, it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly, and what? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them what? Cloven tongues like as a fire in a saddle on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the what uttered. They were all filled. Why? Because God met them at their expectation. What happened? Faith in the word that they received from the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Change their expectancy of how things were going to turn out. And they stayed in the word until their expectancy changed. And then they received a suddenly. Come on. Anybody ready to receive a suddenly in here? Oh, y'all ain't ready. Are y'all ready to receive a suddenly in here? Well, let's go back to the one with the issue of blood. Go back to Mark 5, 25. Once again, it says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, came and oppressed behind and did what? Touched his garment, for she what? For she what? For she what? Said, if I may what? Touch but his clothes, I shall be Oh, she had come to that place where she knew. She what? She knew. She didn't just believe this. She knew it. Tell your neighbor, she knew it. She knew enough to get out in that street in the condition that she was in. Was why? Because she did not believe that she was going to be healed. She knew she was going to be healed, and she knew she was not going home without being healed. She knew she was not going home in the same condition she came out. Somebody say she knew it. What happened? She received her suddenly. Because it says what? And straightway. 
the fountain of her blood, what? Was dried up and she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of that plague. Because why? Because that knowing brought her to an expectancy. Amen. God met her at her expectation and she received a suddenly. Once again, anybody looking for suddenly in here? But this goes all the way back to David and Goliath. Matter of fact, go back to, go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. This goes all the way back to David and Goliath. In this story, it was told Saul that there was a lad named David that said he was going to kill this Philistine. And that everyone else was running from him. He said, I'm going to kill him. I ain't running. So Saul called David to his office. Called him on the carpet. Come on, say amen, somebody. And in 1 Samuel 17, 32, it says, And David said to Saul, little David now, said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth at Charlotte Valley High School. <laughs> <laughs> and he be a man of war from his what? Youth. But guess what? David knew what he could do. He didn't, he didn't just believe he could kill him. It wasn't that he had any doubt. He knew it. He knew he could kill this uncircumcised Philistine. Matter of fact, he had evidence. Because he said in verse 34... And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept thy father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him. Come on, say amen, somebody. I smote him and I delivered it out of his mouth. I took it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard. And I smote him and I slew him. And said, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Why? Seeing that he has defiled the armies of the living God. Now understand this. The key wasn't that he killed the lion and the bear. The key he revealed and why he not only believed it but knew it is when he called Goliath the uncircumcised Philistine. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because circumcision was a symbol of covenant with the almighty God. Uh, anybody with me in here? David said, listen, he doesn't have any more chance with me than the bear or the lion, or a dog, or anything else. King, I'm going to kill him. We're going to be done with him today. Today, his last day alive. Why? Because he doesn't have a covenant. This uncircumcised Philistine is not a covenant man, and I am. Come on, say amen, somebody. There's no blood between him and God, but there's blood between God and me. 
And why? And God is my help. And David said in verse 37, he says, and moreover, the Lord that delivered me out the paw of the lion. Oh, shake it. And out the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, boy, go ahead. <laughs> you go, boy. <laughs> you go over your bad self. Come on, say amen, somebody. Listen, that's an expectation. Matter of fact, that's even what he said to Goliath. Look at verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou come of me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come. Y'all ain't hear me in here. He said, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast devoured this day. Oh, come on, y'all ain't hear me. He said, this day, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and I'll take your head off of you. And I'm going to give you a carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know uh, that there's a God in Israel. Listen, I'm going to feed your sorry self to the birds of the wild beasts today. Today is your last day alive. Somebody say amen out there. He said, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not sword and a spear, but the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Come on, say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. But, but you know the devil. The devil always tries to speak up. And Goliath tried to say a little bit himself. But guess what? That was the last words he said in his life. Come on, are you with me out here? See, knowing comes from understanding that we have a covenant with the most high God. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. Knowing comes from an understanding that we have a covenant with the most high God. I'm talking about the most high God. He is good. And his mercy endure forever. Hallelujah. And listen, folks. We read about Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. And once again, the Bible says in Mark 5, 24, Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thrown him. See, it was the will of God to heal everybody in that crowd on the street that day. Let me say it again. It was the will of God to heal everybody in the crowd on the street that day. But listen to me. There were only two that were in position to receive. You hear what I just said? There were only two that were in position to receive. 
But I'm here to tell you, we're in position to receive. Come on, we're in position to receive. Why? We have begun to judge our expectation. We have begun to lay aside every sin and weight that so easily besets us. We have begun to set our houses in order. Men are quoting their love scriptures. Men are quoting their love scriptures day and night, walking by faith in their love walk. And all the brothers say, and all the brothers say, come on, we're in the word. We're in prayer. We're in position to receive glory to God. We are tithers. We are sowers. We are believers. We're exercising our faith, and that's the way it will be, and we will operate no other way. And guess what? We're in position to receive our suddenlies. Let me say it again. We're in position to receive our suddenlies. Lift your hands before the Lord. Because God wants to manifest some suddenlies. 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 Oh, we give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. We give you praise, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. We're in expectation of some suddenlies even this morning, Lord. We thank and we praise you right now, Father God. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Come on, lift your hands and begin to give God praise. Lift your hand and begin to give God glory. Lift your hand and begin to give God honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we thank you, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the honor, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we give you praise the Lord. Come on, anybody in expectation of a suddenly this morning? Hallelujah. Suddenly they were healed. Suddenly they were delivered. Suddenly it was manifested. Suddenly they got out of debt. Come on. God wants to manifest some suddenlies in this room, but he needs somebody to receive it. He needs somebody with faith to receive the anointing that's in this room right now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, O Lord. Suddenly they were delivered. Suddenly they came out of that. Suddenly that child came home. Suddenly the husband came home. Suddenly that marriage was healed and delivered and set free. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, O Lord. 
Glory to your name, O Lord. 